Welcome to That Mom Life. So this is my podcast of the village of moms supporting moms. And I think right now it's the moms that are being the moms, the working moms, the teacher moms, or attempting to be teacher moms. I think it's really all of us realizing how much our teachers actually do do and that we have no idea what's going on. Um, and so I'm podcasting from my closet. You're hiding in the craft room from the kids. And this is what life is right now. So this is Megan Bliss. And Megan, my the reason why I know you and I invited you is that I did high school theater with your husband. And now you're the choreographer for my high school that I went to. And you're a teacher. And where do you teach at? You teach at Slate Run, correct? I do. Slate Run Elementary in New Albany. So you did, did you do theater all through high school or were you dance? I did theater, yeah. I did dance and theater, but... Uh, dance is my is my main love in that realm of theatrical things. But yeah, because you do tap, ballet, jazz. I mean, you do everything. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Wright State for dance, and um, I did musical theater, and then I switched to dance. Uh, so uh, I would say ballet is not my strongest suit. I do it. And I enjoy it, but it's, it's nobody is going to pay money to ever see me do ballet. But uh, yeah, tap and jazz and musical theater styles would be. How did you switch away from dance into teaching? Well, I I graduated college and I moved to Florida and I worked at Disney World for a while and was dancing there. And then um, I had worked at Derby Dinner and some local theaters when I was a child, and they called me back to do a show. So I came back to do a show, and then I would go back to Florida, then I'd come back. And so I was doing a little switcheroo there for a while, and then I just really found that here I had more opportunities to choreograph and teach dance mm-hmm. and just be with my family. So I moved back here. And while I was um, working at Derby Dinner and Stage 1 and um, different uh, places, I was contract to contract, which is a rough life when yeah. you have bills to pay. Um, so to supplement my performing and choreography career, I uh, began uh, substitute teaching. And I substitute taught for the New Albany Floyd County Schools. And I always taught dance. That was always a big passion of mine. And I still teach dance. Uh, I teach on Saturdays. But uh, through substitute teaching, I kind of realized that I really just like teaching. I like to be around those kids and work on academics as well. So uh, Tyler and I were about ready to start having kids and uh, thought about, you know, probably time for me to uh, think of a, a non-contract contract career. And so I went back to school. I'd got uh, my educator license through a transition to teaching program from Indiana Wesleyan and then started at Slate Run when I was pregnant with Marina. So it really worked out. The timeline was just perfect. Actually, I found out that I was pregnant when I was student teaching at, a, at Fairmont. Um, so then I was able to just seamlessly go into the teaching route. So did you and Tyler meet through theater? We did, yeah. Uh, he was a child, and I was in high school. <laughs> and so he was just kind of the, the one of the kids in you know, the shows. And then I went to college and moved away and then came back, and he grew up. So he got tall and handsome and... Uh, yeah. He's very tall, so, yeah. Very, very tall. (laughs) We did Beauty and the Beast at Derby Dinner, and he was Lumiere, and I was Babette, and Sparks flew. (laughs) I appreciate that, and I guess, I'm I'm sure that is your punchline every time someone's like, how did you guys meet? (laughs) Yeah. It's my go-to. I like it. So, how long were you guys married before you guys ended up having kids? Oh, that's 
I think it was um two or three years. We didn't wait that long. So when did the love of Disney begin for you two? Because I feel like, again, because of, well, just being friends with, like, Tyler, both of you on social media, Disney is definitely a part of, like, your entire relationship, what you do. Like, didn't he propose in a glass slipper? Yeah, he did on a Disney cruise. <laughs> Uh, we were supposed to be on a Disney cruise last week, oh. but thanks, Corona. Thanks, Corona. Um, well, Disney was always a part of our lives separately. Being in theater, appreciating Disney kind of goes with that because yep. Disney is th theatrical. It's like the biggest theater show in the world. You know, they just know what to do. Um, so his family is a travel agent. Yep. Uh, with travel. So obviously he grew up going to Disney and uh, really loving it and um we went to disney growing up at least once a year uh and it was just always part of my childhood always part of my life i've always been obsessed with disney movies and really more so even the parks uh, we went to disney world a lot and so whenever I, I that was my dream like i wanted to work at disney world and i got to do that and through that i got to you know kind of know the inside and see the back side of the of the company um, it's a really great company. It's very good to its employees. So whenever Tyler and I started dating, I was still working at Disney World. I was a seasonal employee. So the way it was, if you uh, went down and worked one week every year, you still got all your discounts and all your free main gate emissions. It cha it's changed now. Um, That's a good deal. <laughs> it was a really good deal. They realized that that was too good of a deal. Yeah. And they stopped doing that. <laughs> Uh, good company. They know what they're doing. So uh, I would I would go down and work a week, and I would take Tyler with me. And because we had all of the, um, you know, free passes and 50, 60% off hotel stays, we would go down a lot. I mean, we were going down about three times a year. And he got to be really into all things Disney. Like, he is now the biggest Disney nerd I know. He has surpassed me. He listens to all the podcasts of all the inside scoop. Like, if there's anything to know about Disney, Tyler knows it. Um, so, and we still have a love for it. And we still, you know, really, it's in our everyday life. I mean, if music's playing, it's a lot of times it's going to be Disney. Mary, uh, Marina's room is Mary Poppins themed and Kayla's room is up. Oh, they're so cute. You guys have such good taste, too. Like, they're the cutest rooms ever. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, you know, we try to make them a little subtle. Um, you know, not, you know, I guess we are kind of slapping your face, Disney lovers, but we try to make our decor a little subtle. I was about to say, the decor uh, so is certainly not cheesy. I mean, the fact that Marina has dressed up as the perfect Mary Poppins is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. <laughs> so yeah. you now have, you have Marina and Kayla, correct? Yeah. Uh, Marina's six and Kayla's three. And every bit of three. Mm. Currently. So a handful. Yeah. A lot then. Temper tantrums. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lots of feelings. Yeah. He just, he just, yep. When he's up, he's up. And when he's down, he's down. And every emotion in between. So he's, uh, but he's also very funny and will bring a lot of humor to the house right now when we're stuck in these walls. How are the kids holding up with everything? I know Marina and my son are both kindergartners. I mean, they're, they're certainly older than the three and four year olds that we have, but how's, how are they holding up right now? You know, they're doing really well. We're never stay at home people in this. Even like when I'm off in the summer, every single day, we're like, all right, what are we going to do? Go to the science center, pack it up. Let's go, go to the park. Like we, 
I, I can't think of a day that we just stay at home. Um, it never happens. So that was kind of an adjustment, especially for Kaler, who can't understand it. Um, you know, it, it breaks my heart whenever he says, can we please go to Science Center today? Please, please, can we, you know, it's like, no, we can't. Uh, Marina is, uh, she's an old soul. She's very precocious and, you know, I. and as long as you're honest with her and tell her what's up and are very frank and very blunt with her, she's in full understanding. She doesn't really like things to be hidden from her. So from the very moment of this COVID-19 crisis, I told her everything that was happening. I informed her that our Disney World trip and cruise might be canceled um, and just gave her a lot of heads up. And then I told her about school. You know, with her, I just know her well enough after being around her for six years to know, just give her, just let her know and give her all the information that she possibly can and she'll be okay. Uh, so she's been pretty easy and she's been taking it very well. And she helps with Kayla sometimes too, explaining, well, we can't do that now, buddy. So it's pretty cute to see her taking that, that role, that mature role. I, I knew what was coming. So I didn't want to totally like go crazy off the, off the wall and just, you know, PJs and snacks all day. And I, you know, I, I knew that this was happening. So I kind of set up a schedule early, not a, like a strict schedule, but just kind of more of a routine and right. procedure. Uh, so we had like educational time every day. Also, it, just to break up the time, it helps, you know, if the kids are just running around tearing up the house all day, that will drive me crazy. So every day we had like a morning education session it wasn't any you know it wasn't work sheets or anything like that like what we have now but an activity that was geared towards learning I had some goals that was the very first day I set up goals for each family member of like things they want to accomplish really so wait like you have yeah. your own goals and Tyler has his own goals too yeah right. we have a spreadsheet <laughs> Um, so wait, are these educational goals or are these more like house projects or things you've been meaning to get to? What What do you mean by you set up goals for everybody? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit of everything. Like, you know, just things that, yeah, exactly that. You know, we always are so busy and you can't do anything. You can't accomplish things that you've yeah. been wanting to accomplish. So, you know, the first day I said, okay, this is our new normal. Let's figure out what we want to do. So... We, I, you know, we all sat down together and I said, okay, what do you want to do? And Tyler said he wanted to make a raised garden bed. Um, and, you know, they, we just kind of went through and said, we have a, we have a column for each family member, then a family goal. Like, but, you know, some of them, uh, like one of them, you know, we really want to paint the whole kitchen great room. That's a big goal that might take a, that might take us later into quarantine time. But yeah, we, went through and said what we wanted to do and tried to make goals that would promote health. You know, um, there's this specific tap dance that I've been learning for a year and a half because I never have time to do it. It's Buster Brown's Lore. It's a pretty intricate tap dance and I never have time to learn it. So it's like by the end of this, I want to finish knowing that there's like seven parts and I'm through part six. So things like that. And like, and then there's some educational goals for like Kaylor. I want him to count to 20 without skipping 13, you know, things like little small goals like that to just kind of keep our eye on something. Um, otherwise I feel like these days could get mundane. You know, I think I need to do something more like that because 
I'm still working fully from home. My husband's kind of working from home a little bit here and there. Um, and at first it was like the idea of doing a to-do list like that sounds overwhelming. But I mean, really, when you think about it, that's probably helping you focus each day. So you don't feel overwhelmed by what am I going to do on another day? You're working towards something very specific. I mean, school-wise, I feel like the little kids have something, but you're right. I do think the rest of the house. Now, I will say my husband has accomplished several house projects that we've been waiting to do for like 18 months now, and they're suddenly done, which is really helpful. And then he's like, by the time this is over, I'm going to have every single thing. And one of them was something as small as a door creaked and he got out WD-40 and fixed the door squeaking. And I was like, the door's not squeaking. So in a lot of ways, I'm very thankful for some of this time because I agree with you. We are very go, 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 go people. My husband does not sit still. So the fact that we have sat still in the house, not once have the kids actually complained about being stuck at home. What they've complained about has been, why can't I see my friends? And why can't yeah. I, why can't I go to school and see my friends or why can't Olivia come over for a sleepover? And those are the things that I find have been the hardest things for me to answer to them and like really explain to them. Or my son this morning could not understand how he was going to see his friend's faces in the computer. He's like, what do you mean? How does that work? What do you, am I going to get to talk to them? How can I talk to just this one? And I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> Let me find the mom. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a weird time, I, and I think the only thing that is unifying about it all is that we're all going. I don't know. <laughs> right, everybody. We, yeah, nobody has any idea what to do. But yeah, that that has really helped. And a lot of them were goals of not stuff that you have to do, stuff that you want to do. Okay, you know things that like things that would bring you joy, as Marie Kondo would say. You like the very first day, like I switched out the summer and spring clothes in the closets and cleaned out the closets, you know, definitely a lot of like organizational things were on my list. Like, uh, but Marina went through and got got all of her toys that she was going to donate. We did that whole thing. Um, and cleaned out the toy. We had these cabinets in the great room and like reorganized them. So things like that, just that helps. But also, you know, I would, I would love to read a book. I love reading and I don't do it. So I am right there with you. I love and adore reading. When I am in a good book, it is an, it's different than like if I'm trying to watch TV or I'm on my phone or doing something. I am in a different world. Leave me alone. I don't care what you're doing. I yeah. can't hear you. And I never have time for read because, I mean, right now I have a five-month-old, so granted she's attached to me all day. Um, so that's right. a much more difficult thing. But the idea of reading, I mean, like, I'm, I call this my Harry Potter studio because... I'm a avid reader and lover of reading and I need like but I can't remember the last time I read a book <laughs> which is terrible right we, uh, the house. <laughs> who gets to read who gets to read I mean uh, there are you know some figured it out but uh, I have not and I usually like get really excited for vacations mm. for like a road trip like driving out of Florida because I'm like oh my gosh I can read a book yes you know and like I remember it's exciting. So even on our honeymoon, I'm pretty sure I read like three books just while we were sitting on the beach because it was my husband would like fall asleep and listen to music and I'd be like through an entire book in a day. I'm like, just give me a minute. So it's certainly not honeymoon time. But, you know, my husband and I, we keep joking because we have seen the statistics where there's a lot of like divorce lawyers already saying that they're getting hit up because people are being trapped in their house. And they're like, I can't do this. My husband and I are loving this. We think it is so fun to be home with each other all day because we're not home with each other every day ever, 
ever. Right. So I think absolutely. It's, I think. Are you and Tyler? You, you guys having fun? Or are you guys? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think we are. Uh, you know, the I feel I've been feeling a little um, childlike sometimes, almost because our lives are so rushed. They're just so go, go, go. I go from school and then I come home and I'm even rushing with the kids and like, I don't have time right now, honey. You know, like I always feel so rushed with them and then like rushing to Floyd Central and I run in and I rush through those rehearsals and at school, I even have this other girl that teaches with me that's pretty, pretty slow. And she always says, Miss Bliss, you're always in a hurry. I was like, I know, like that's just, and that's how my life has been. Even like since back before high school, like I remember always being in a rush in high school. So having this time of just stop, like just, you can sit and play Legos and like actually not even just like watch your kids play it while you're trying to do something else, but like, no, sit and get out the Legos and like play, Yeah. which, you know, and, and you can, and, and also the mom guilt isn't there of like, you know, cause working moms, we have the mom guilt. So bad. And when we have to focus on the kids because we've been gone and then, okay, the kids get our focus and then everybody gets our focus. And then the end of the day comes, and you're just too tired to do anything else. So now it's like, I get an hour a day where I, you know, like get on and I do like a workout type of dance class thing. They, you know, got lots of uh, free things out there right now. And I like get to dance for an hour every day I've done it. And it's like, oh, and if the kids need something, if the kids, you know, I don't have the mom guilt at that point because I've been playing with them all day. And I could say, no, I'm going to do this right now. Go find something that you can do independently. Um, I actually just you able to have that like relaxed time and just not feel that sense of urgency that I have felt. I swear for twenty years, like I feel like a child sometimes. I'm just like, oh, what do I want to do now? I have a different type. I have a different type of mom guilt right now. It's not the same because I'm still seeing them and I'm still around them. But because I'm still working from home. It's like I still have to, like, not have my attention on them all day. I'm still around them, which is great. But the other thing I have is, like, the baby needs me. So it's like I can't get down on the floor and play with that right now because I need to go put the baby to sleep or I need to nurse the baby or she's not happy right now. So I'm having, like, just a normal division of time amongst my children type of guilt. But in general, I am here, and I'm not having to take my breast pump and my bottles and all of that crap with me everywhere I go. It is weird to just be home. And I agree with you. I always tell people like I have my, my time planned out down to the minute. So if one thing gets in my way, now I'm running late. Now I feel even more flustered. Now I'm even more rushed. Now I'm even more on edge. And it's like, and I don't have time. It is a really weird pause. And that's been the only thing that's like there. I've had my anxiety attacks through all of this because of honestly, it's more like work through this that I've, it's caused it. But I think it's a reset in a lot of ways, a reset of like remembering the family dynamic to slow down, to like appreciate those around you, appreciate those that you can't be around, um, appreciate your teachers, (laughs) your doctors, the people that could be paid so much more. Um, what is it, what has the teacher end been like for you? Because obviously since you knew this was coming, you didn't have the spring break everyone else did because obviously you guys were planning. So what has it been like to be on a teacher end of this? Um, well, kind of like just the quarantine in itself of like part, get me out of these walls, but also like part like, well, this is kind of cool, but it's the same thing um, as a teacher. You know, I 
I really like finding new things. Like, that's what excites me as a teacher. I'm not one to want to, like, stick with what we always do. Like, I like to, like, take that and find a new way to do it. Or um, I really love, like, new technology whenever I find a new way to teach using technology or something that's going to excite the kids. I really like that. So this has given me the time and the um, the okay to go for it. You know, because usually we are teachers are in such high, uh, we have such high expectations and, you know, we're getting ready for big tests coming up, which has now been canceled. It's, it's like, oh, well now we can just do like all those awesome performance tests type of activities that I've always wanted to do. And like, we have the like green light to like get creative and, um, you know, see the kids think in different ways. And, uh, you know, I really like doing like project based activities. So it's been fun finding those and coming up with those and finding new ways to share them. Um, my kids are pretty tech savvy. My class, we, we use technology a lot. So they were already ready to go. I had a great conference with them this morning. You know, we got on and they were, I mean, they've taught me so much too. Yeah. All of that. So, so um, you're a, you ma- know, wait, you're a math teacher, yeah. correct? I'm a math coach. Okay. So, um, my school is K through four. I started in, um, well, I went from intervention to second grade to fourth grade, and I really fell in love with conceptual math while I was teaching uh, second and fourth. Like, I wasn't all that great at math as a kid because we weren't taught right. Um, and we were taught with procedures, and it's hard for people to memorize procedures and make sense of them if their brain doesn't naturally think about numbers. Um, so now that I've relearned math, I like became obsessed with it, like like fully in, full believer of conceptual math. Um, so much so that like I got crazy obsessed, and my administrators noticed, and um, I got a math coach position. So I basically help the teachers with their math instruction. Like okay, I help, you know, teachers like I'm a little stuck. This didn't really work. I'm like, yeah, let me go find something for you, and then we work it out and we um, work together to like come up with some really awesome things. But whenever I, whenever I did become math coach, my reservation was like, I really love teaching my fourth grade math class. And my principal is very like outside the box thinker. She will always do like what she thinks is best, even if it means like going from what's normal. So I teamed up with my already partner teacher who really loves reading. She loves teaching first grade reading intervention. Like she loves that. So she goes like she teaches the class and then during math time I take her class and she goes and she does uh, reading intervention work with our first graders so I still have my daily fourth graders math block that I have every day um so I you know I've been meeting with them and yeah it's they're ready they're good to go they did great job today and I think you just described, by the way, why I said I didn't like math growing up, because my brain does not automatically gravitate towards number, and the I hate the fact that there's like one answer, and the logic behind that. My brain is much drawn, much more drawn to English and spelling and foreign language, and obviously I like the arts in general. Um, but I mean, it's not that I couldn't achieve a good grade in math it was just always much more of a struggle because my brain did not automatically think that way and I and I've always said like I feel like there are obviously people that lean that way and there are people that don't (laughs) and that's fact so that's why at first when I was like you're a math teacher 
I think everybody can lean that way. It's just our generation was taught the only, this is the one way you can do it, which is just not true with math. There are so many ways that you can do every type of math. And when we are taught this is the one way you have to do it, because this is the quickest, it limits all these people that could do it and do it very well and quick in their own way and be efficient. Um, it limits them to like, it's like trying to push a square peg through a circle, you know, like it's teach all the ways, teach, teach how and make them problem solvers and make them be able to find their own way of doing it. Cause that's how you're going to remember how to do math. If you come up with the way of doing it. So it's funny you say that, that the way that we were brought up, because I definitely agree with that. And actually, one of my friends who um, her son is in third grade, but he's actually in the like higher functioning program. Like he's in a special program because he's so smart. And he got his packet yesterday from school and she mm-hmm. looked at the sheet with all the math on it. And she texted our group text of girls and she was like, I'm in tears I don't understand my son's third grade homework. And then she texted us again today and she was like, he sat down and said all of that was review and already got it done. She was like, I don't even know how to approach that piece of paper. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, I feel like I need to go back and like have Miss Bliss teach me how to do math again in a different way. So I don't have that like grudge towards it. Cause I've already, you talked about how you and your husband said, okay, when we're raising the kids, you get this, I got this. I already told him you're on math and science. I got the rest. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm all yeah, in. Uh, I will write every paper they need help with. All my, <laughs> but I tell my kids at school, go home and teach your parents because they didn't learn this. No. I mean, you know, it's, that's how kids are going to, if they can teach it, then they really have mastered it. So, uh, yeah, just always learn from your kids and be open to it. Um, you know, I get a lot of pushback of, well, this is not the way I learned it. Do it this way because this is how I learned it. It's always worked for me. Well, it'll work right now, but when they get into upper level maths, it might be, you know, you're, you're doing a disservice to them. So parents out there, I know you're trying to teach math right now. Trust your kids and trust, trust the ways that they are showing you. Um, it really is, it's important to be able to break down numbers and for them to see that. So what do you think is like some of the best advice you can give parents right now when they're trying to, like it is overwhelming when all of a sudden you get this beautifully thought out schedule, these Google Drives full of all of these resources for your kids. What's the best way to really get into this stuff? Because even I, we're looking at a kindergartner's thing. I took like at least 30 to 45 minutes last night just going through every bit of it, trying to figure out, okay, what's the plan? What are we supposed to be doing? What's the normal routine? How can I do this while working? Like, it's a lot to try to soak in as a parent. For sure. Yeah, I, definitely uh, the first thing that I believe, especially working um, at the school that I do, kids have basic needs. You know, you need to feed them, you need to shelter them, and you need to love them. Uh, a child is not going to learn if they aren't feeling cared for. If they are, you know, do we work well in those, like, anxious when we're full of anxiety and stressed out are we doing our best work no no so a child's truly not so i I think that's the focus first make sure that you are you know you're in it together and yes it's a stressful situation for moms and children and dads and everybody in the family um but first and foremost make it fun make it something exciting make it um make them feel loved and cared for and supported 
uh, by their, you know, by you and FaceTime your grandma and, you know, let them say, hey, you can do it. Uh, I think you saw today we start every day at my school by doing a school-wide dance of just like a nice little connection. We do I love you rituals, which are just like little ways to connect with your child and like basically like hand games, you know, you can do all sorts of things. So before you ever start trying to teach them, connect with them. And I know that's silly to say because you're their mom, of course you're connected, but it's different. It's, you know, when you're trying to educate, it's a different, it's different a different connection. Yeah. So, you know, take the first moment to do a go noodle together. There's go noodle.com and you know, cause that gets the brain ready to go and working and have a connection with them. Maybe come up with like a awesome beginning of the day handshake, you know, like way to just connect and say, okay, we got this, we can do this. And that'll get their brain ready for learning. Um, and then, uh, schedules, procedures, and expectations. You know, you say, okay, this is, this is the time that we're going to do this. You know, it can be different. It doesn't have to be like you know, school time and then we're going to do, you know, but it can just to be able to have a, a way to start the day. Like we're going to eat breakfast and then we're going to get into schoolwork. Then we're going to take a break and then we're going to do a little bit more. Then we're going to have lunch or if you want to bulk it together, but just whatever works for your family, uh, setting that schedule. If you're setting it, I urge people, especially with young children to use pictures instead of, uh, words. So actually like get out some pictures of, you know, your child eating breakfast to show this is what we're doing first because our mind works with visual aids. So, um, you know, just being able to set up a schedule and using a book for reading time and a calculator, a little picture of a calculator for math time. I think that would really help kids to be able to kind of go throughout the day. And, um, you know, just setting up those procedures of what it's going to look like so that the kids can feel safe and ready to learn in their new temporary normal. I like the idea and, of doing the little um, special routine in the morning because I, I did notice today, today was the first day that um, we had the Google Hangout with the teacher and immediately I saw they were doing like these little hand motions and they were, um, there were a couple students that couldn't be on the call and they had like a special little thing that they said and did with their hands to like think about that person and give them like well wishes, like blessings type of Yes. Yeah. So I was like, that was a, and that's why I was like standing behind him just like silently crying. So I was like, this is the cutest thing I've ever seen. But he's told me about his like little friends that have, they have special handshakes. So that's like, I like that idea. Like we eat breakfast and then let's do our little handshake and then onward ho, let's get through it. And then I emailed the teacher because I had forgotten something. I'm like, wait, are we supposed to click both of these? Cause there's all the apps and I'm not used to seeing all the apps, but you know what? My son showed me how to do them. I didn't realize he knew how to do all these things on a computer and he knew every one of these little programs and every little button. So I do agree, even though he's six and a half, it's like, he knows what to do. Like he is so much more like when he is in his education zone or with his, when his, with his friends and not just like the whiny kid that I see sometimes, it's a completely different person. So that's been sure. fun to see that separate side. So, I mean, I, it's funny. I feel like there's so many, I'm talking to so many other parents that are like, I don't know what I'm going to do. My kid knows more than me, or I'm trying to figure this out, or I'm losing my patience. I mean, what do you have any advice to parents that are losing their patience only because like they don't know how to properly explain something to their child or how to understand what their child needs educationally? How can parents take a step back 
in that regard. I absolutely think it is perfectly okay and it's wonderful for the kid to teach you. You know, if it's something in math and the vision is looking so different than what you've ever seen in yeah. your life, say, hey, I learned this a lot differently in school. Will you show me what you're doing and explain it to me? Because they should be talking math and they should be able to explain exactly what they're doing. And that is learning. Teach the parents and then they are mastering that skill. So yeah, if something looks different to you, uh, don't go straight to the teacher. Ask your kid because they probably know. Actually, almost every parent that I talked to today that was having just internet issues to Google Classroom and ClassLink, um, I said, your child knows how to do it. And then they immediately wrote back. They're like, oh, yeah, she went right on. You know, but they want to they want to fix and they want to they want to be in the lead. I was right going to say now, your kid knows more about school than you yes. do. So let, it's okay to let them <laughs> And kind of take the lead a little bit. It was funny because that's exactly what happened. I went to go put the baby to I went to go put the baby to bed, and I told my husband, I was like, "We forgot to do this one thing in the program." He goes, "Well, where's the program? What do I do, need to do?" And I looked at him, and I was like, "Go ask Camp. He knows. He knows how to get to the program. He knows exactly yeah. what it looks like. He will get you in. It's fine." And it was fine. He took care yeah. of it. So it is weird for the parent to like, yes, we need to guide them, lead them. But like at the same time, like they do know. And when they're at school, I feel like teachers have a much higher expectation of their independence than we sometimes give them at home. Because we assume, oh, you don't know how to do that. Oh, let me help you with that. No, at school, they're expected to do that. <laughs> Just They can do it. Yeah. Even like, I mean, I work at this school that my daughter goes to. I know her teacher. I'm, I actually teach my daughter in a, in a little math group twice a week. So like I know her school and even her packet, I was like ready for it. I went over it last night. I was like, okay, let's do this. And I sat down with her to like get ready to teach her. And she was like, oh, I love these and took the packet and just started going, you know, and she just did it. So the teachers are also very, you know, they're very cognizant of what they're giving the kids right now. Like, you know, we're not going to slap them with anything crazy new no. right now. I mean, but she was in kindergarten and her teacher gave her exactly her same routine that she does every day. And she went through by herself, which gave me a little bit of time to get some work done. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think it's OK to like you take the lead on setting the schedule or with them, you know, set what look, what looks good for them. Make sure that they get lots of brain breaks throughout the day. Go outside and play and um if it's you know raining out I, I do suggest those go noodles those are great or just do some crafts i know mary arnold with normandy floyd county is doing some really cool paint classes and um you know things like that but then let the, let the kid show you what they do at school and don't try to be the teacher i think that's the that's, that's the thing okay that's i've actually seen that going around more than once is that you you're not the teacher let the teacher be the teacher and you're not the, the schools aren't expecting us to become teachers that's not what we are it's just no. guide your kids lead your kids get a routine and then let the especially once they get even a little bit older clearly you have the resources the teacher's still there so i mean it, i appreciate the teachers so much more i mean i always have appreciated teachers and love and adore them but i mean like even now they're stepping outside of their comfort zones to be able to teach this way and to learn the technology sure. and especially even with little kids i mean that's what's so funny about the, like the kindergarten zoom chats because you have all the parents in the background of all of the kids too so i mean right. everyone is in this together everyone is figuring it out and no one quite knows what's going on in the future so i mean 
I'm going to slow down and I honestly want to go upstairs and make like a lesson plan, more so like a daily plan, if you will, like you said, with the goals, because I think that'll help me too. Look at you. You're just, you're full of good things. <laughs> I'm full of bad things too, but I've just kept those quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we're all full of bad things right now like the number of snacks cocktails liquor sales are up by like 70 percent across the country <laughs> it's yeah, a lot we're, we're surviving we are but yeah you know it's a hard time for teachers and it's a hard time for parents it's a very hard time for teachers that are parents and trying to you know find the balance between that but we're all going to get through it you know and that we can all offer the teachers a little grace as well as the parents and just be kind to each other and you know the teachers are going to mess up absolutely it's going to happen i had to call my principal with a mess up that i made yesterday and said oops i put something wrong in the packet and it's going to happen she offered me grace and the parents are going to mess up yep and it's okay we are all going to make mistakes and it's fine um and we just have to allow each other to do that and don't you know go to the social media platforms and no don't do that everybody like let's just let's just know that mistakes are going to happen from all parties and we are just trying to trying to get through it almost every day on the radio i feel like that's what i've been trying to remind people is give your teachers grace your kids and back to what we started this conversation with every single person is figuring this out right now not a single person is an expert in this at all so it's you can't blame anybody we're all figuring it out day by day and doing the best that we can with what we're given right now so i mean megan i appreciate you taking the time i know you and i both i'm hiding in my closet you're hiding in your craft room and extending our days even more but i appreciate you giving your insight because it is really refreshing to hear from a teacher but also a parent who's doing both so thank you so much and i'm not even kidding at some point when i can see you again i may make you teach me conceptual math <laughs> I, I could talk math all day long i would love to I, any you know i'm happy to help anybody with relearning the awesome world of members so in a future life we will i will see you again on a stage I will see you dancing in other places other than social media. And I can't wait till you and I are back in our derby hats together this fall. So I think Tyler's going to make my derby hat out of pool noodles. I love it. That would be great. Some sexy pool noodles. And it's a flotation device. That's helpful. Right. But if anybody thinks that I'm not going to be drinking men juleps, uh, come April and May, they're fooling. And I'm, I know Derby's not going to oh, come on then, but my mid-julips are still going to be there. I'm still going to be drinking my mid-julips 100%. That is going to happen. I mean, it's it's going to feel so weird. I will wear a Derby hat in my house. I don't care. I'll wear the full get-up. Okay, we'll do that instead. Megan, thank you so much. Have a good night. You're welcome. You too.